The Spectacle of Modernity and Mimes by David Raffin It's the sort of thing you hear about happening to other people, but never does it cross your mind that it could happen to you. Whenever you hear on the news, so-and-so was trapped in a glass box, or a crane fell on a busy street killing 47 people and causing 4.3 million in damage to the crane, you never stop to think, there but for the grace of God. And now I'm stuck in a box. I have no idea what to do. I don't want to be seen as a man who has become stuck in a box. This more than anything I don't want. I don't want to look desperate, helpless. I don't want to have to call on someone else for help, to admit that I have become stuck in a box. There are occasionally people who pass by on one side of the street or the other. I act nonchalant. I pretend I'm waiting for someone. I fidget with my phone. I try to look deep in thought. I do not interact with the people as they pass by. I have self-respect. Me? A man stuck in a box? I think not. I refuse to show weakness. Thus, no one can detect my true situation. I wait. The only problem is I have no idea what I'm waiting for. A break? Yes. A break would be good. A break in the glass box. I have nothing with which to strike out at my invisible cage. No weapons. I am at a loss. All I have is my American can-do attitude and my belief, fostered by years of television and movies, that things always work out in the end. Good things come to those who wait. What I will not do is crawl around the confines of this box measuring every inch with my hands, press against the cage, press my face into it, look alarmed for the passerbys, make a scene. That's what mimes do. Everyone hates mimes. Probably even mimes hate mimes. They ought to. They're around enough of them. At least I assume they are. Mimes travel in packs, don't they? I wouldn't really know. I choose not to be around them. My chronic depression is held in delicate balance by my chronic euphoria. This is just a passing phase. A downturn. A transition. This is what I tell myself. Perhaps I should view this as a way station. A little time out to better analyze and prepare. A mini-vacation. I will emerge from this glass box rested. A beautiful butterfly ready for a new fight. Being trapped in a glass box does not have to ruin your day. You can be trapped in a glass box and have a positive attitude about it. I do. I will not panic. People still pass by. I wonder why they are not trapped in a glass box. How do I know they aren't? How do I know they are not trapped in a much larger glass box, allowing them to pass by me freely while they themselves are still not free. Perhaps I'm better off than they, purely because I'm aware of my confines, giving me an important leg up. As long as I don't much look at them, they don't seem to pay me any mind, so I don't have to worry about that. Still, I'm trapped in a glass box, and I have no idea what to do about it. The worst part now is not that I'm stuck in a glass box, the worst part is, I'm stuck in here with a mime. I don't understand where he came from. One moment I was alone, stuck in a glass box, yes, but alone. 
The next thing I knew, I was stuck in a glass box with a mime. Unacceptable. Mimes draw attention. At least they try to. People try to ignore them, that's true, but mimes just continue with their attention-seeking behavior until people finally have to admit they're there. That's what this mime does. He begins showing off. He presses against one of the glass walls. He puts his hands and face against the glass. Now he does the same thing the next wall over. Mind you, he only does this when there's a passerby. When there's no passerby, he just stands around, same as me, Dick. I hate him. I hate him for trying to draw attention to my plight. If he's stuck in a box, and I'm standing right here, it is the easy conclusion to draw that I, too, am stuck in the same box. Me, with a mime. As if we were on the same social standing. Unacceptable. I try to ignore him. Sure, it should be easy. He's so quiet. That should make him easy to ignore. Sadly, it's not true. His attention-seeking activities are difficult to bear. Had I said nothing, you would never know I'm trapped in this box. The mime says nothing, and yet everyone knows he's trapped in this box. He just won't let it go. Everyone has to know that he's trapped in this box. Like he's so special. Like some of us aren't trapped in a box as a simple matter of fact. Transitionally, not asking to be singled out. After several times drawing attention, unwanted attention, the mime sits down in an imaginary chair. I can take no more. Suddenly and quickly, I bludgeon him to death. I hardly know I'm doing it before it's done. I beat him to death with my cellular phone. Before I did this, I would not have ever suggested that a cellular phone could kill a man. But it will, if you hit someone with it hard enough and repeatedly. Of course, I'm not sure it's much different than beating someone to death with your bare hands. My hands are covered in blood, so is my phone, so is the glass wall behind the mime, and his invisible chair. There really is a chair. This I am amazed by. I wipe my hands and my phone on my pants. I sit in the invisible chair, the body of the mime crumpled to the side. I regret killing the mime almost immediately. If you think being trapped in a box with a mime brings an unbearable amount of attention, you should try being trapped in a box sitting in an invisible chair covered in blood with the body of a dead mime beside you. You want to talk about attention? The people who pass by pass by slowly and they gawk. Yes, gawk. It is far more attention than just being with a mime. My phone rings. I answer it. Yes, I say. Hello, this is Margie. It's Margie. I met her last fall at an empowerment and marketing seminar. I have decided the time has come to seek outside intervention. Margie, I'm trapped in a glass box. We all feel like that sometimes, Margie says. No, I'm literally trapped in a glass box. I'm sitting on an invisible chair. There's a dead mime in here with me. People keep looking at me. I think it's because my pants are covered in his blood. Well, Margie says, it's difficult times like these when it's important to place your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I hang up on her. Outside the box, a man stares at me. I slowly turn around. Beside me, or rather behind the body of the dead mime, stands another mime. Where do they come from? What is it about glass boxes that attract them? He's going through a carefully choreographed pantomime of grief. Enraged, I strike out at him. 
I lunge at him, and before my hands are at his throat, he pantomimes fear. He flails as I choke him to death atop the body of the other mime. Why don't they scream, I wonder? It's the only thought in my head, and it serves to further enrage me. The fact that they have the willpower to continue pantomiming, even under the worst conditions, and I have not the willpower to tell Margie on the phone that I am fine. Inside a glass box, trapped, city street passerbys, gawkers, covered in blood, the blood of two dead mimes, rather the blood of one dead mime and the bodies of two dead mimes, in a glass box, with me. I panic. I do what I had so long fought not to do, I panic. I move all around the glass box. I put my hands against the walls. I feel them up and down all over. I press my face against the walls. I do not care that people look. Are they looking at me? Are they looking at the dead mimes? I no longer care. Methodically, I work my way around the box, feeling, pressing, struggling, one wall, the next wall, the next wall, the fourth wall. The fourth wall has an opening. A circular opening just large enough for a full-grown man to enter or exit by. An opening that could never be found but for pressing against every part of the surface of the box. Naturally, it's in practically the last place I try. In order to find an exit and use it, I had to behave like a mime. I crawl through the hole and escape. I am free. Behind me a crowd gathers, staring in at the two dead mimes. Above them stands a third mime. He pantomimes shock, grief, and now he raises an accusatory pantomime finger at me. I run. That was The Spectacle of Modernity and Mimes by David Raffin from the book Tragic Stories Disguised as Jokes. David Raffin may be found at davidraffin.com. Read by the author.